many of you going to sing in the middle of the storm? See, that's when you know that the enemy doesn't have a hold on you because in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the difficulty, in the middle of what's going on, you can begin to start, have a little pep in your step and have a little walk and, and, and be able to do the things that God wants you to do no matter what's taking place. So one time Shelly was sharing, we were talking and we were sharing and it was the situation didn't change, but our attitudes towards the situation changed. And when the attitude towards the situation changed, really what ended up happening, Crystal, is we, instead of walking in the flesh or walking in our soulless nature, we started walking in the spirit. Turn to your neighbor and say, walk in the spirit. Tell them, walk in the spirit. We're going to walk in the spirit. So I'm excited. Those of you, um, if you will, um, we're going to get to this place, but turn to Romans chapter 8. That's where we're going to get to here in just a minute. I want to do just a little bit of a review. First of all, I need to set my iPad on where it doesn't turn off. And I can actually do this in a matter of seconds while I'm talking to you. And you know, that has got to be a miracle. <laughs> I am not. I'm telling you, technology, well, I got to be careful in what I confess. But there are some blessings on technology. Shelly can touch it and it just seems to work. I struggle with it for two or three hours. I'm going to use my whiteboard. I'll have you guys put it right here if you will. I'm going to use my whiteboard right up against this right here. Would be would be great. Um, and I hope you guys will be able to see. Yeah, we're, we're good. You guys will be benefiting on this side, but that's good right there. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we're going to get to Romans chapter eight. Everybody at Romans chapter eight, just take a minute. Let me, let me share with you a little bit about what we've been talking about. We've been talking about walking in the spirit. We've been talking about the challenge was to walk in the spirit. How many of you were challenged this week to walk in the spirit? Anybody that, you know, they, just a couple of us, just you and I, it might be just you and I preaching because they all all got it down, you know, so I have to walk in the spirit. So, and, and that's the thing we, we are going to be challenged in those things, but I want you to take on the challenge in Galatians chapter five in the message Bible. I want to read it to you real quick. It said this, my counsel is this live freely animated and motivated by God's spirit. Then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness for there is a root of sinful self-interest in us that is at odds with a free spirit. And just as the free spirit is incompatible with selfishness, these two ways of life are antithetical so that you cannot live at times one way. Okay, we've got it up there. That's good. One way and at times another way, according to how you feel on any given day. I should say, oh, shucks, because sometimes we're just motivated by how we feel. I get up in the morning. How you doing today? You feeling good? It's good. It's going to be a good day. You get up in the morning. How you feeling today? I feel terrible. It's going to be a terrible day. How do you know? You know what I mean? Like, you, 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 you don't know. You get down there, and then all of a sudden after lunch, something happens, and it turns out to be an amazing day. But you woke up automatically thinking it wasn't going to be a good day. And then that's what you're looking for that's going to happen. So he says, basically, let's live freely in God. You're going to have times where you're going to, you can't live one way and then another way and then another way and then another way and then another way. You can, but it won't be good for you. And you can't live based on feeling. Come on, does anybody know what I'm talking about? You can't live based on feeling because it's just, how do you feel? How are you feeling today? How did you feel about that? How did that make you feel? How did that, you know, I can't look at the Bible and read on feeling. 
Because there's some things in the Word of God that's going to make you feel real good. And there's some things in the Word of God that's going to challenge you. That you, when you read it, you're like, oh, 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 I don't want to know if I want to go that way. But you have to understand, he says this. He says, don't, don't do it according to how you feel on any given day. Why don't you choose to be led by the Spirit? So you can escape the erratic compulsions of the law-dominated existence. Let's live by the Spirit. The challenge for you today is to live by the Spirit starting this afternoon, if you haven't started already. Live by the Spirit tomorrow. There's going to be challenges, and there's going to be difficulty, and there's going to be things that you're going to have to deal with, and you can deal with them one way, or you can deal with them another, and I want you to be able to live by the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. So Galatians 5.25 says, if we live by the Spirit, then let us walk by the Spirit. And we know we learned in the study last week, and maybe even we talked a little bit about it before, was that when you're walking in the Spirit, it's an action. The word action, it's a verb. It's saying to walk in the Spirit. Everybody say walk. Everybody say keep on walking. So you not only walk, but you keep on walking. And it also means that you live. See, there is a place, there is a dimension in life that we can live. There is a place that when the storm is raging, that you can have peace in the middle of your spirit. Are you with me? That you can live there, you can operate there, and it's called the kingdom. So on Wednesday nights, we are going to start an in-depth study of the kingdom of God. What it is, what it isn't, how it operates, how you can operate in it, what the word of God says about it. You know what? The question that I want to ask you is, what did Jesus preach? What did Jesus preach when he came to the earth and was was born, baptized, and then we see when he was 30 years old into his ministry, what did he preach? What did he tell the disciples to preach? Did he tell them, here's your five steps to faith? One, two, three, four, five. Did he tell them, here's your ten steps to healing? Did he tell them, here's how you need to treat your body? There are some things that he actually did talk to them about, but when he sent them out to preach, what did he tell them to preach? Did he tell them to preach Jesus? Did he go, you're gonna, I'm sending you out, you preach about me? No, but a lot of times that's what we think about. So I want us to be able to understand what the word of God says, not what you've been taught from some religion. Are you with me? Let's look at the word of God and with the relationship of God and understand the principles of the word of God and look and see what Jesus preached. So when he sent the disciples out to preach what he told them to preach, we're going to look at that. And I think it's important. If Jesus sent the disciples out to preach a certain thing, don't you think when he sent us out, we're to preach a certain thing? So that's what we're going to begin to look at. I'm hoping I'm going to challenge you a little bit. I'm excited about it because it's in me. The kingdom is in me. When I get squeezed, we're going to talk about the unseen spirit of God, living in the unseen spirit of man, in the physical body, on the physical scene. So we're going to talk about the unseen to the unseen, in the scene, on the scene. Unseen to unseen, in the scene, on the scene. The unseen spirit of God living in the unseen spirit of man, living in the physical seen body on the physical earth. So when God wants to do something, his spirit from the unseen to your unseen in the physical body 
on the physical earth is going to move the chair. Come on. And you got power to move the chair. We're going to talk about power. We're going to talk about the difference between power and authority. I could, never mind. I'm just, uh, that's Wednesday night. Anyways, I just wanted to give you all a little taste. Say that was an appetizer. That was an appetizer for you to be able to, 6.30, come 6.30. I know that some of you guys are just getting off work, whatever that might be. You are more than welcome to come earlier at 6 o'clock or 5.30 if you want to drop by and get something to eat or eat in the fellowship hall or whatever that might be. Feel free to do whatever we want you to be able to be here at 6.30. Doesn't matter how you're dressed. We need you to wear clothes, please. (laughs) Not worried about, you know, work boots or anything else that that comes in. You just come on and join us, and you'll be glad you did from 6.30 to about 7.30 on Wednesday nights. Okay, step by step, we need to keep walking in the Spirit. How How do you walk in the Spirit, Josh? One step at a time. One step at a time. One, the journey of a thousand miles begins with what? One step. One step. We're going to take one step. How do you transform yourself? A one step. Are you with me? We'll allow the Holy Spirit to do that. But you take that one step. So the Spirit produces life. Everybody say life. There's a couple things we talked about what the Spirit produces. The Spirit produces life. The Spirit produces fruit. And we talked about it in Matthew. Remember that we're to to have more fruit and abundant fruit. And all of that's supposed to come. Fruit grows out of life. When you are alive and you're active, when you, it's like the, the living word. It's, it's living word. I had somebody one time recently say, you know, when you preach, you use a lot of scripture. And I thought, yeah, that's because we're living word fellowship. You know, that's the word is alive and active. So I'm going to use a lot of scripture because we are the living word. You are actually the living word that God has in the every area in which you're involved in. It's God's living word in you. That's the kingdom in you. So we talk about walking in the spirit and, and that it's a key to transforming your life. Some people have quit transforming their lives. They've gotten to a certain point where it's good enough. I'm a pretty good person. I'm okay. It's all right. No, no. We need to continue to be transformed. Jesus himself, from the very beginning when he was a babe, the Bible says that he grew in what? Stature and he grew in favor with God and man. Are you with me? So if Jesus continually grew, don't you think we should continually grow? So we talked about what it meant to walk, and that means to be able to, to how you conduct your life. It's not just, wait a minute, do you walk like this? Do you walk like this? Do you walk like that? You know what I mean? Do you walk backwards? No, it's how you conduct your life. It's the walk in which you have. It's how you conduct your life. It's the, your, your thoughts are, all those things go into being able to, to being spirit led and led by the Holy Spirit and begin to walk in every area of life. There's some areas in my life that are transformed more than others. Hello? There's some areas in your life. Can I tell you this? I know some of y'all are pretty, pretty awesome, but there's some areas in your life that are transformed more than others. And let's continue to get those areas transformed. So when we're talking about walking in the spirit, when we're walking in that, he doesn't mean just outwardly. He means inwardly. 
What you, what are you doing? What are you, what's going on in here? What's being changed and challenged and transformed? How are things growing? That's the kingdom of God. What are we pulling out of the kingdom and operating in it? Come on, somebody. So we're going to talk a little bit about that too. Let me give you some scriptures because I believe that as you're walking in the spirit, that it will influence your mind, your will, and emotions. It will influence your soul. Everybody say soul. So when I'm walking in the spirit, it's going to influence my soul. Listen, it's going to influence your soul for the better. Okay. It's going to influence your soul for the better when you walk in the spirit. If you operate in the flesh or even in the soul itself and your soul's not renewed, our transformation is not about the transformation of your spirit. It's actually about the transformation of your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions. So we need to be able to have, Casey, I need to be able to have my mind transformed. Transformation is a process. Transformation just doesn't happen overnight. I know some people are, are pretty good about grabbing a principle of the word of God and then walking in that. And that's great. But there's times when trouble comes. Are you, how do you deal with it? And what do you go to? And that transformation is about, I want to go to the word of God. I want to go to God's principles. I want to go, mother, to the weapons that are there that we can use. Tatum, I want to go to worship. I want to go to praise. Some of you may want to go declaring the word of God. Some of you may want to go to prayer. Some of you may want to get silent and stay before the Lord. Some of you may just have to get get loud and begin to start declaring scripture and, and let some things just roll off your tongue and begin to watch things happen. So let me give you some scriptures real quick, just that'll help you. And those of you that are taking notes, these are some scriptures that I really believe that as we're walking in the spirit, there's scriptures that will help you in this. First of all, I think I've got Proverbs 23, 7, don't I? Uh, Tanya, don't I have Proverbs 23, 7? There we go. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. First of all, I want you guys to remember that you need to take scripture and make sure it's in context. Because if you take scripture out of context, you take the text and it becomes a con and it's out of context, okay? So as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So I want to encourage you, you read the scriptures before, you read the scriptures after, you, you look at it and say, what, does, what is God saying through this situation? What were the principles? We are, are, are trained to do it through our Western mindset. We are trained to do our thinking through... Um, through what's called analytical Greek mindset. And that's Plato and, 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 and Socrates and Aristotle. And there's a whole teaching I could give you on, on how the Western mindset is instead of us, the Greek thinking mindset, instead of the mindset of the Hebrew that, that says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you're talking about walking in the spirit, then doesn't your thoughts have a lot to do with whether you walk in the spirit or not? Don't your thought, and it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Think on that. As you think, 
Not just in your head, but in your heart. This is a, a, a word, cardia, and it's a Greek word, a cardia, which is, which is your heart, your center being, which when you get down to it, it's where the kingdom operates. The kingdom is within you. Doesn't the scripture say, out of the innermost being flows what? Rivers of living water. That innermost being, Wanona is rivers of living water in you. That's where the kingdom flows there. That's what kingdom principles flow out of. So he goes on and he says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So, so if we're going to walk in the spirit, then I need to think about it. You know what? I could have said something to Shelly when she said, it sure is good to hear you laugh. What's the matter with you? What you talking about, Willis? I could have said, I could have, I could have, I could have got offended. Are you with me? But she was right. And I realized, oh my gosh, I haven't been me this past week. There has been a lot of pressure, not just with the Hope Center, but the ministry and decisions and all sorts of things that were taking place. And I realized I lost some of my identity. I lost that. But he says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So this is where we're trying to get you to have a thought that I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm a son and a daughter, and I belong to the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. When we start thinking on that and meditating on that, then guess what? I believe that we're going to continue to walk in the Spirit, and we're going to have what the Spirit wants. The other one is Psalms 25.4. It says, show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. So the Holy Spirit, when we're talking about walking in the Spirit, it's not some magical thing. It's allowing, Glennis, the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and direct us. Are you with me? It's not saying, okay, I got it figured out. I got it. I don't need you. You know how kids are when they first learn how to tie their shoes? It's like, I can do it. I can do it. You ever had that? You know, we've all probably experienced that. Let me help you, baby. Let me help you. Let me help you. You showed me. I can do it. I want to do it myself. And you're thinking, you're not doing a really good job because that's not how to tie the shoe. It's going to fall off when you get up. But we allow them to walk through that. The Holy Spirit's to lead us, to guide us, and direct us. So Psalms 25, 4 says, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Psalms 37, 4. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the what? The desires of your heart. Listen, if you desire something ungodly and you get it, it's not God giving it to you. Okay? The desires of your heart are to what line up with God's word. Okay? You see, he wants to give you the desires of your heart. What are some of the desires that you have? The real deep down desires that you have to be able to walk in the spirit and to be able to love when, when, when it's difficult to love or to be able to love the unlovely. Come on, to be able to love Pastor Eric when he's a bonehead, right? And, and he does some things that, that really irritate you. To be able to walk in love all the time like that. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. Psalms 1.3 says, you shall be like a, yeah, I do have it. You shall be like a tree planted by rivers of living water. Think about this. Water is a representation of the Holy Spirit. 
You want to be like a tree. God's saying you're, going, you're a sun. You're an oak tree. And you're planted by rivers of living water that what? Brings forth its fruit in its season. Whose leaf does not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. Wow. Who wouldn't want to be like that tree? That's, that's the tree that you see in the garden. That's the tree of life. That's the tree that, that brings forth rivers of living water, you know, and that, that brings forth its, its fruit in its season that right on time when you need it and it's ripe and it's delicious. Has anybody ever gotten a banana that was green and ate it? You, some of you may like green bananas. Anybody like green bananas that are still green? Yeah, there, there's some that may like it that way, but I like mine when it's first starting to spot and the, the sugar content's a little bit higher and the potassium content's a little bit higher in the banana. I like them. I like those. And, and, and that's the thing. I like that's ripe to me. But how many of you would love to be able to walk through life and be able to be like that tree? That's bringing forth its fruit, that's loving, that's forgiven, that's, that's, that's honoring, that does all these different things and it brings forth its fruit and it doesn't wither. Man, that'd be amazing. Leaves wither. You know, we got fall coming up pretty soon. Leaves are going to wither. They're going to drop off. They're going to end up in your yard and then you get to rake them up or they blow to the neighbors or whatever that might be. You know, those leaves, they wither. But he says, and whatever you do shall prosper. When we walk in the spirit, we're going to see things that weren't prospering before begin to prosper, that should prosper. Things that prosper. So let's go to Romans chapter 8. I told you to, to go to Romans chapter 8. Mario, I'm going to have you come on over and, and read Romans chapter 8. If you've got your Bible, we're going to read Romans chapter 8. Mario's going to read verses 1 through, let's go to 17. And I'm going to work on the board while you're reading that, okay? So you guys follow along with Mario. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you... He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh 
to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Amen. So let's focus on verse 2. It says, through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life sets us free from what? The law of sin and death. So when he's talking about this, he's really looking at two principles, two principles that we're looking at. So we've got two principles that we can deal with. Could I say it this way? We could be dealing with the, um, the principle in which we're, which we're talking about the flesh. Okay. The flesh or the what? Spirit. Sorry about you guys if I, I don't know if you can do this video or whatever, but you guys can see this. I've got two circles drawn up here. One of them is the, the law of sin and death. Okay. The other one is the law of life in Christ Jesus. So we're walking in the flesh or we're walking in the spirit. Are y'all getting this? So what happens is this. As we walk, as we walk in the flesh, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like situations in our lives. We continue to to go round and round and round about it. I shared with you not too long ago. There is a system designed in this earth, and it's the judicial system to keep you in bondage, and that is the law of sin and death. Okay, I know if you work for that system, others that it's it's understand that the system's here. The system works this way. I don't know if it was originally designed to work this way, but here's what takes place. You make a mistake. Let's just say you sin, right? And I'm going to put a little arrow there. You mess up. You, you mess up and you, and you make a mistake. You miss the mark, whatever. You break the law. You violate. You transgress, whatever that might be. And then you end up going to court. What happens after court? They turn around and then they, they do what? First of all, they fine you, right? They give you a court fee. You know, if I got some people that have been through this system that I need to just talk with here, so just us. And then you got a you got a court fee. They bring you into court, and they're like, you know what? Here's what you got to do. You you know you got a probation period or whatever that might be, and 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 it's about judgment and and it's about penalty. And you you know they give they they charge you, and if they put you in jail, they charge you how much you're in court in jail a day. Do y'all know that? I have some people that are like, well, I'm just going to go to jail and, and sit out my 10 days. Well, you know they're going to charge you 30-some dollars a day to sit out those 10 days. Really? Yeah, they're going to add it on your fines. Are you with me? So what happens, that law of sin and death begins to kick in, and it begins to work, and it begins to rotate, and it begins to go from the point of you are all of a sudden you know, in court, and they're like, okay, you don't have any money to pay your bail, so you get to, ju- to get in jail. Then you don't have any money in jail to get out of jail, so guess what? Then you spend time in jail. But then if they get you out of jail, then they let you go. When you come out of jail, and you're still in, in this cycle that's going round and round and round and round, because you get out of jail, and you can't get a job. Why? Because you have a problem of being in jail. 
So you're like, okay, then I can't get a job. Then how do I pay my rent? And then you end up going back to, to, to jail because you couldn't pay it. And it's a cycle. And you come back around and they say, well, you didn't pay your, 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 your bond or your, excuse me, you didn't pay your fines. So guess what we're going to do? We're going to take your license. Well, that's a great deal. Take my license. Now I really can't get a job. Are you with me? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And it's a cycle that you go in and you go in and they're like, oh, we're not going to put you in jail, but we're going to add more fines to you. So they add more fines. You're broke, busted, and disgusted because you're caught in the law of sin and death. Now, we can use that as an example uh, uh, in a court system of being like that. That's why what happens is you got to break out of the court system. You got to break out of that system. You got to break out of that, that ever and turning. Here it goes. Here I go again. I don't pay. I get more fines. They throw me in jail. I get out. I can't get a job. I go to start getting my license. I didn't pay my fines. They throw me back in jail. A lot of times they're not going to throw you back in jail. They're just going to add this to you. And then you don't do this and they're going to, here you go. And here, just pay that. And you know what? The penalty and interest and everything else like that. You talk about a loan shark. That's it. You're in this system, but we're in the system of sin and death. We're watching that take place. But we've got to come to that place where it says, okay, I'm done with this system. How do I break out of that system? Because i got to get out of that system, and I've got to get into this system. Because there is a, there is a system that once you begin to start operating in, that you begin to watch God begin to bless that system. So all of a sudden, you're operating in the law of life in Christ Jesus. Remember, he says, in Christ Jesus. It's not in yourself. Or you just being morally correct or morally good? Are you with me? You got to be in Christ. Everybody say in Christ. So we look at this system and we realize that, that when we get into this system, that you know what's removed in this system? Guilt. Shame. Oh, come on, somebody. I mean, I could go in here and I could list it guilt. Shame. This is G-U-I-L-T. Poor spelling. What's in this system is the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? What else is in this system? Love. Love it. (laughs) What else is in this system? Peace. Oh, I love it. There we go. Joy. Do what, honey? No, I should say that you're free of it. Yeah. You know what I'm going to put down here? Works. Life in Christ Jesus is not about you working to get your salvation. It's about you receiving your salvation from what Christ has done for you. And then works becomes a byproduct of that salvation. Are you with me? So we don't walk in the flesh. We walk in the spirit. And as we walk in the spirit and we operate in the spirit, then we have what the spirit has. And that's repentance and forgiveness and, and, and blessings and all of these different things. And we get what God wants us to have in life. Life in the spirit. We got to operate in life in the spirit. So why is it important, pastor? 
that you're encouraging me to walk in the spirit, to walk in the spirit, because I want to get you out of that system. Get out of that system. If you're in it, get out. There's a song, it was like, burn the ships, burn the tide, or whatever. It's like, get rid of it, get out of it. Elijah and Elisha, when Elijah, Elisha was after Elijah, and it was like, I'm in this system, that he went back and he burned the oxen. Y'all remember that? The scriptures, when it talks about, I think it's in Kings, where Elijah was going on, and Elisha was going to be a mentor of his, and he was like, hey, let me go back and bury my mom or dad. He said, hey, let the dead bury the dead. And he realized that he had to do something to this system. In other words, it was he was earning a living by plowing fields, working and plowing fields. But it was more than just the physical system, Ray. It was the spiritual system. And it was this thing to say, guess what you need to do? You need to set that sucker on fire. You need to burn that thing. Come on, somebody. So I, when I got a hold of this many, many years ago, I realized I had trouble getting out of this. And some of us have trouble getting out of this because it's a, it's designed to keep you there. And then I realized, wait a minute, I can operate in the law of life in Christ Jesus and I can begin to have happiness and I can begin to walk in holiness and I can be the righteousness of God because that's who I am no matter what I've done. Come on somebody. But then I can begin to start operating in that. I can be free from guilt. I can be free from shame. Come on. I can be free from those things that the enemy has done, the hurt and the pain of my past. Why? Because I'm getting out of that system, uh, that, that law of sin and death, and I'm operating in the law of life in Christ Jesus. So I've got to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh, and I'm walking in the spirit today. Can I get an amen? Come on, Angela, I want you to play. You have got to understand that there is a whole sphere of dimension that God wants us to walk into. There's a whole sphere that we can overcome all of this and just operate in this because Christ shed his blood for that. He shed his blood for that. For me, for you, for everybody. Past, present, and future sin doesn't give me the right to go on sinning. But when I mess up, I get the law of life. I mean, operating in the law of life in Christ Jesus and the spirit has set me free. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit is now operating in my life. And there are times, I don't know how the Holy Spirit speaks to you, but there's times where it speaks to me and it's not, it's a loving, gentle nudge. Some people I know that they're like, no, the spirit told me like, get out of there. <laughs> Run now! You know, and I'm like, that's great. Mine is more like, uh, 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 uh. Is that what yours is sometimes? I can do something or go to do something and it's like, uh, 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 uh. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, I got you. It may not have been that way before because I was just like, be quiet. I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do. I'm going to live in America. Freedom, baby, we're free here. We're free. I'm from a free church. There's still, we're free from the law of sin and death. But we're not free from the moral obligations that God has for us. Oh, come on. This is a good word for somebody here today. The moral obligations, and we talked about that. When you walk in the spirit, 
you can have what the Spirit brings forth. Redemption, it's there. Restitution, it's there. God will pay you back. There's a scripture in Proverbs 19:17. It says, He who helps the poor lends unto the Lord, and the Lord will repay you. Would you rather have me repay you, or would you rather have God repay you? All I'm saying is I'm limited. He's not. I love y'all, but I don't want y'all to repay me. I want God to repay me. Because he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Amen? He, he, the, the, the river's deep with him. Come on, there's no, it's a bottomless pit. You go to somewhere to eat them bottomless french fries? There is a bottom. It's usually in your stomach. One with life. One with freedom. Because we can say we're free, but we're not truly free. Are you free of guilt and shame? Are you free of heartache, heartache and pain? Heartache. <laughs> the law no longer has jurisdiction over you. But the principles of God are still in effect. Those who led are led by the Spirit of God. He calls us children. Your sons and daughters. You're, I, be, I belong to the king of kings. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm not saying that by being arrogant, but that ought to make you feel really good. I, when, when it comes down, life or death, I'm okay. And I've faced it. And I'm okay. Because it's all part of life in the spirit. See, there's forgiveness in the law of life in Christ Jesus. But there's no forgiveness in the law of sin and death. Somebody said, karma. You know what karma is? Karma's not God deal. I'm going to tell you the difference. Karma is you basically reap what you sow. And that's biblical. You do this, this can happen to you. You do this good, this good will happen to you. You do this bad, this bad will happen to you. You know what the difference is in karma? Because there's no grace and mercy in karma. It's not biblical. Because there are times where I've reaped, I've sown something. And I should have reaped something. Oh, come on. And you didn't. Or you didn't reap the amount of what you should have reaped. Is that a word? reaped <laughs> do you all understand the difference you do something good that good happens to you karma has no grace to where if I do something bad and I'm in the life and the spirit of God then God's grace can kick in on my life and he'll give me favor even though I didn't earn it he'll give me favor even though I didn't deserve it he'll give me favor even though I haven't I haven't done everything that I should have to be able to receive that favor he gives me that favor just because he loves me and just because he doesn't give that favor to you doesn't mean he doesn't love you in fact it may mean that he does love you because you didn't get it. Because you would have been spoiled rotten if you got it. Come on, somebody. And he loves you enough to say no or not right now. Will you walk in the Spirit? The challenge is, will you walk in the Spirit? 
Will you walk in the spirit? Not because Pastor Eric said to, honey, we got to walk in the spirit now. <laughs> Pastor Eric wants to walk in the spirit. No, let's walk in the spirit because in the spirit, there's life in Christ Jesus. And Jesus came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. You love that scripture? I do too. Well, the one before it says this thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, or the first part of that verse, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If it's stealing, killing, and destroying, it's not God. It's the enemy. It's the thief. My God's not a thief. I don't know about your God. My God's not a thief. Are you with me? He will take some things away from you. He can take away guilt. He can take away shame. Some people use in context of a scripture, it's like, you know, God gives and God takes away. That's a wrong context in what you're saying. God gives us the good and takes away the bad. Oh, come on, somebody. It's not like God says, oh, I love you, Terry. Here you go, buddy. Let me give you a new car. And next week, I'm taking it back. He gives the good and takes away the bad. It's an exchange. That's how God works. What are you willing to exchange? Will you exchange your walk? Will you exchange your words? Will you exchange your ways for his walk, his ways, and his words in, in life in Christ Jesus? Let's stand to our feet. I'm so pumped up. I'm so fired up, pumped up on this word about walking in the spirit and getting out of the flesh and not allowing the flesh to have its way and understanding it doesn't have jurisdiction over you. So when those thoughts, the Bible says in Corinthians that are, that are weapons of our warfare, and we talked about those weapons, the Bible says they're mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. So one of the keys to begin to walk in the spirit is to get your thought right, life right. Don't think about what you can't do. Think about what you can do in Christ Jesus. If I'm going to be, if I'm going to focus on sin, guess what I'm going to have? Listen, let me prove this to you. I don't want anybody to think about this. I don't want anybody to see this. But can anybody see a red truck? Don't you dare look at that red truck in your mind. It's too late. You guys have already got the red truck, right? You already know what it is. I don't know about yours, but mine's got some big old tires and wheel, and I got to climb up in a ladder just to get up in that. But I can see the red truck. Now that I've said about the red truck, we're all beginning to see the red truck because it's our thought process that we're going to walk in the spirit. So let's just begin to walk in that spirit. Who will walk with me? Let's walk in that spirit together. Let me pray with you. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you that hands are lifted over here, that we're going to begin to walk in your spirit, that you have forgiveness when we walk in the flesh or we do the things out of a carnal nature or we begin to start operating in our soulish nature, but we walk in the, in the spirit. And when we walk in the spirit, we'll have what the spirit desires. We learned about it in Galatians, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And I declare that the fruits of the Spirit will be ever evident in your life as you walk them out. Father, help us because sometimes I mess up, but I know you love me and I know by your grace that you forgive me and that you'll restore me and that you want me to get up and walk again. So I pray for those that have fallen, that have gotten knocked down, that it's time to get back up. I pray for those that have stopped, that have quit, that have been halted by whether it's life or the enemy or just decisions they've made on them, their own. 
God, but they begin to start walking in the Spirit again. And those that have tasted it and taste in the Lord and see that it's good that you begin to, to just begin to lead and guide and direct them. Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said.